DW Outdoors. Parker Road just off the triple nickel bypass. DW Outdoors. Large enough to serve you, small enough to know you. Buy two. Get one free today at DW. Would you like to win $15,000 in holiday cash? The ticket is giving you that opportunity with EAB's 15K holiday giveaway. One lucky winner of this national contest will win $15,000 in cash with two guaranteed statewide prizes on the line for EAB listeners as well. A $1,000 Christmas cash prize and a weekend trip to beautiful Mountain Harbor Resort and Spa will be given away. It's EAB's 15K holiday giveaway. Enter today at 953theticket.com or our Facebook page. $15,000 in Christmas cash could be yours from the ticket. You're listening to KNEA Jonesboro and KBRI Clarendon. The Ticket. It's time for The Setup, the fastest hour in sports talk here on The Ticket. Here are your hosts, Cade Carlton and Andrew Bowen. All right, welcome in here on The Setup this Wednesday, November 17th, 2021 edition of the show. Cade Carlton, Andrew Bowen with you here on The Ticket, 95.3. And 96.9 FM, 970 AM, KNEA. Also at 953theticket.com. And through the tune of that by searching for uh, a KNEA. Twitter at 953theticket. Facebook.com slash 953theticket there as well. Uh, a lot of stuff we'll get into today. We'll go over some uh the college football rankings. Uh, we'll look around at... Some college football and college basketball from last night uh, was a wild night in uh, in men's college hoops last night. Uh, we'll get a chance to chat with Philip Butterfield uh, coming up at two thirty today, talking a little A State football, uh, and then we'll kind of condense our Georgia State uh, preview into into one segment today, uh, so we can have a lot of time to talk about A State of Arkansas. Uh, coming up on Friday on the Thursday and Friday editions of the show. So, uh, a lot of stuff we'll get into on the show today. Before we get into anything, Andrew Bowen will get us caught up on some headlines. Brought to you by Plaza Tire Service, bringing you the best deals on tires. Live with the Red Wolves returns tonight to Lost Pizza on Southwest Drive. Arkansas State head football coach Butch Jones, along with a special player guest, will talk about the latest Red Wolves news and answer fan questions. The show will begin at 7, 7 p.m. and can be heard on 107.9 K-Fine and the K-Fine app. Also in A-State news, junior running back Marcel Murray announced Tuesday that he has entered the transfer portal. portal. Murray earned Sunbelt Conference Freshman of the Year honors in 2018 after rushing for 860 yards and 8 touchdowns. He has been hampered in recent years by injury and played only nine games in 2021 and 2020. 2020. Murray will have two years of eligibility remaining, so wish him the best of luck. Nothing but good vibes for him and hope he turns it around. Meanwhile, Arkansas basketball faces off against Northwest, Northern Iowa tonight. This will be the first ever meeting between the two programs. Tip-off is at 7 p.m. at Bud Walton Arena. And this has been your Daily Headlines, brought to you by Plaza Tire Service, bringing you the best deals on tires. All right, so last night the new college football rankings came out, which, honest to God, I was going to make it a point of emphasis to to watch and follow along, and I just uh, I completely forgot about it. I never do. And I just think it's too much theatrics. Yeah, I mean, I I was going to turn it over to ESPN, and then I just like I just it completely slipped my mind that it was even on. But uh, 
like 20 minutes after it happened, I saw where everyone on Twitter had the, the rankings and had a graphic made up and whatever. And so it's whatever. I didn't miss much, obviously. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't really have a ton of issues with it. Uh, it, it pretty much is the same as it was uh, last week. No real big shakeups inside inside the top 10. Um you know, I'm glad they continue to keep Oregon over Ohio State because of the head-to-head, even though I think Ohio State is the second-best team in the country, and I would have uh, I would have no problem with Ohio State being at number two because I do think they're the second-best team in the country. Uh, I mean, I kind of respect keeping Oregon over Ohio State, uh, but in in that same regard, the whole the whole. Uh, Michigan and Michigan State thing doesn't make much sense because Michigan State beat them in the head-to-head. They have the exact same record, and yet somehow Michigan is a spot ahead of Michigan State at six and Michigan State seven. Um, so I don't get why they continue to have Michigan State below Michigan, but I, I don't think it really matters. Michigan's going to get destroyed by Ohio State uh, next weekend, so I, I, I don't think it matters at all. Um, so that one, I mean, that one is kind of is what it is, but at the end of the day, I don't I don't think it matters uh, whatsoever because I think Michigan is going to lose again before the uh, before the season's over. I have no no doubt about that. So so Notre Dame was they were ninth last week or were they the same? Um, I think maybe they moved up a spot. I don't know. They didn't move up much. If they moved up, but I mean Michigan and Michigan State. They moved up one. I just checked. Michigan and Michigan still has to play Ohio State. Uh, Let's see who does who does Michigan State still have left? So you would think Michigan's going to lose to Ohio State, um, and Michigan State has Ohio State this week. So only one of Ohio State, Michigan State, and Michigan will come out as a team that can heck maybe even zero of them if it falls in the right category where they all have two losses. Uh, will will come out with uh th- there's only one of those teams that could come out as a Big 10 representative in the uh in the college football playoff but you would think that Ohio State is going to be favored against Michigan they're favored against Michigan State so you would pick Ohio State to run it against Michigan and Michigan State and knock both of them out of contention with with two losses um which would only catapult Notre Dame who is quietly at number eight in the uh, college football playoff ranking uh, right now. And given how the committee has viewed Cincinnati this year, you would think Notre Dame would jump. Uh, I think I saw a graphic today that said like Cincinnati had the 110th best strength of schedule or something like that. Some kind of crazy graphic that said they were in the hundreds in terms of uh, in terms of uh, strength of schedule. So you would think Notre Dame would jump Cincinnati, which – I mean, it it is what it is at this point. Uh, I don't even know what Notre Dame has left. Probably nobody any good. So, but then, um, um, I know ESPN gave them like a seventy five percent chance to win out. Uh, they have Georgia Tech and they have Stanford left. So, yeah. I mean, are you saying Notre Dame would jump Cincinnati even though Cincinnati beat Notre Dame? Well, I mean, Michigan's ahead of Michigan State, even though Michigan State beat Michigan. So, I mean, what yeah. what what logic do we use in these college football playoff rankings? Because I've yet to get an answer to that question. I know, I I don't get it. Yeah, I I think Notre Dame absolutely would jump Cincinnati if 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 it comes down to that, um, which is just crazy to me. The uh, the race for the SEC kind of New Year's Six bowl spot now has uh, 
it really and truthfully, it's not just super interesting because, like, here's your scenario. Uh, Georgia's going to win out because they have uh, South Carolina and uh, I think FCS left. I think Georgia, South Carolina, and and FCS left on their schedule. Uh, they play Charleston Southern this week. Or I'm sorry, Georgia Tech, not South Carolina. Georgia Tech. They play they play Charleston Southern this week, and then play Georgia Tech to close out the season next week. So, so they're going to be twelve and zero. <laughs> yeah, they're not even going to be challenged in either of those games. Uh, so they're going to be twelve and zero going to the SEC championship game. And quite honestly, even if they lose to Alabama, I don't really see an argument for keeping them out of the playoff as a one loss team. But I don't think they're going to lose to Alabama. Uh, if Alabama loses, I don't see them in the playoff. I, though. Bo Nix being out makes me think Alabama's going to go on the road and beat Auburn, and I think they're going to beat Arkansas this week. I think Arkansas covers, but I think Alabama's going to win that game. Um, and so then you're in a scenario where Bama is a an 11-2 and team, and so are they in the playoff? Are they out of the playoff? But quite honestly right now, it's either going to be Ole Miss is in the Sugar Bowl or Alabama's in the Sugar Bowl and Ole Miss is in the Peach because that – that's your second highest ranked SEC team. Texas A&M is four spots behind, and then you don't see another SEC team until Arkansas at number twenty-one and State at number uh, at number twenty-five. So that kind of race, which was very very interesting about two or three weeks ago, has now just it's not as interesting um, as it once as it once was. Uh, like we mentioned, Arkansas is at number twenty-one, so that's their uh, highest college football playoff ranking, I guess, ever. Right, I mean, I don't think they were even in the have even been in the college football playoff poll ever. Yeah, um, I don't, I don't think so. I don't think because it. I mean, it was that was the Belama era when the college football playoff started, and obviously they went to Chad Morris, and that was a train wreck. So, <laughs> I would guess it's the highest ranked uh, Arkansas has ever been in the college football playoff at number twenty one. Uh, got UTSA cracked the poll last week, and. They moved up a couple of spots, number 22, so it's good to see them in the poll. I wish they would be in the teens, maybe around uh, 18, 19, 20, somewhere around there, but 22 is fine. It's it's whatever. Um, and I think we also called it on the show that a 6-4 and four Mississippi State team would get back in after beating Auburn on the road, and that's exactly what happened. They're, uh, they're number 25 in the country, which, I mean, I think they kind of deserve that a little bit. Um, so, yeah. Uh, it's going to be It's going to be interesting. Because the top four teams currently, while Bo Nix being out for Auburn, it is a little easier for Alabama, but Oregon plays a ranked Utah and then a low ranked Utah, 24, but, and then a Oregon State team that is pretty solid. So it's, it's going to be interesting to uh, see what happens. You know, I'm, I'm one who is a fan of chaos, so it'd be nice to see a couple teams lose in the last two weeks and the rankings kind of go a little crazy, but we'll see what happens. Uh, ESPN's FPI among the teams from like 2 to 10, the only team with a better chance than 50% to win out the rest of the season was Notre Dame, and they were at like 73 74%. Uh, so it does create a potential for chaos. Um, would not be surprised at all if this is the first time in the history of the college football playoff that we see a team uh, with two losses, get into the playoff. Um, I mean, because it just it, it, carnage is going to happen over the course of these last two weeks in the championship. So I do think it's going to set it up for a uh, a pretty wild finish. But if you're Cincinnati and that's the case, 
all you have to do is win out. Now, you're on the road at uh, at SMU this week, which SMU is receiving votes in the AP Top 25. Uh, or I guess SMU's at Cincinnati. Uh, so they're receiving votes in the AP Top 25. Uh, yeah, which, I wish they were still ranked. Which would be State. which would be a good win for Cincinnati, and then Eastern Carolina to close the year. But if you're Cincinnati, the big win was Houston getting in at number twenty four last night. Uh, because if you win out and you go to the American Championship game, then you would get to play Houston. That would give you two uh, wins over top twenty five teams to go along with two wins over Power 5 opponents in uh, Notre Dame. And I know Indiana's not good, but it's still a Power 5 win over Indiana. So you would think in kind of that scenario that Cincinnati, especially if it's going to be a deal where they're going to be two lost teams into the playoff, that they would get in. So that is, uh, that's the one I'm really interested to follow. If they can, If they can win out and then beat Houston in the American Championship game, uh, I, I feel like they have to be in because at that point they're they're thirteen to those. So that'll be interesting uh, to follow along uh, as over the course of the final two weeks of the regular season plus conference championship weekend in football. All right, uh, we'll take a break. Our first time out of the show. We'll come back. Uh, there was quite a lot of uh, crazy college football or college basketball results uh, last night. So we'll kind of go over that and. Uh, bounce around on some few to- a few topics in our next segment. Philip Butterfield coming up here in about 15 minutes. All that coming up after this time out here on The Ticket. We're not ready to go to the closer just yet. Stick around. More of the setup is coming up next on The Ticket. Central Nissan is Central Satisfaction. What is Central Satisfaction? Making sure you get the best deal on your next vehicle and award-winning customer service after you buy. Right now, pick up a 2022 Nissan Frontier, only $35,454 with 1.9% financing for well-qualified customers. Or step up to a 21 Nissan Titan Pro 4x4. But hurry, they're going fast at 0.9% financing with the proof credit seat dealer for details. Central Nissan is Central Satisfaction at the corner of Parker and Stadium in Jonesboro and online at centralnissan.net. At Mr. T's, they know football games start way before kickoff. And that's why Mr. T's is your tailgate party headquarters this football season. Get 30 packs of Bud, Bud Light, Coors, and Miller Light for just $20.75, tax included. Plus, Mr. T's has the largest selection of beers and wines from around the world, all at the absolute best prices. So make the game-winning drive to Mr. T's at Riverside or Mr. T's Express in Red Onion, Missouri. And as always, Mr. T's reminds you to drink responsibly. Mr. T's at Riverside. You've been told banks with branches don't have the digital capabilities you need. But why not have the best of both worlds? At First National Bank, we have all the online banking tools you could ever need. Plus, if you need something, we have real people in real places near you. Digital, with branches, and real people. We know you can't be everywhere at once, but we can be anywhere you are. Check it, snap it, track it, pay it, move it, and ask it anywhere. First National Bank, putting you first, always. Equal housing lender, member FDIC. You've got a lot riding on how well your car gets repaired. When you choose Stadium Auto Body after an accident, you know you've chosen the best body shop in Northeast Arkansas. Stadium Auto Body is iCar Gold Class certified, meaning our auto body professionals have current, up-to-date training that contributes to complete, safe, and quality repairs. Accidents happen. We're what happens next. Stadium Auto Body in Jonesboro and StadiumAutoBody.com. Stadium Auto Body, take care of you. 
You know, there's a lot of frustration in farming. One of them is sitting in your truck waiting on parts while your field needs to be worked. That's why Baker Implement is committed to you and your farm, providing you the best service, support, and quality parts fast. With multiple locations, they're sure to have the parts you need. That's why you need to visit BakerImplement.com. 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 Because sitting in that truck waiting for them parts just makes you madder and madder. Get your parts. Get them fast at BakerImplement.com. What are you looking for in a dentist? Experience, a friendly, caring staff, the latest in procedures and technology? You can have all of those things at Brooklyn Dental. Dr. Tony and Dr. Adams have been taking care of patients across the area for years and have brought that care to the all-new Brooklyn Dental. They're accepting new patients right now and work with all types of insurance. So why wait? Call Brooklyn Dental now at 393-5330 to schedule an appointment. That's 393-5330. Brooklyn Dental, open now on Highway 49 North in Brooklyn. We're all Always rooting for overtime round here. Now let's get back to the setup. All right, welcome back here on the setup. Kay Carlton, Andrew Bowen with you here on the ticket. 95.3 and 96.9, the ticket. Uh, about 15 minutes away from catching up with Philip Butterfield, the color analyst for A-State football over on the EAB, EAB uh, Red Wolves Sports Network. So uh, excited to catch up with him in a few minutes. Uh, some A-State news uh, coming out about 15 minutes or so ago. Uh, some postseason Sunbelt Conference honors for A-State volleyball as uh, – both Tatum Tickner and Macy Putt were named to the first team all Sunbelt Conference. Tickner was the Sunbelt Conference libero of the year. So, uh, good news from a state. Uh, they'll open up playing the Sunbelt Conference tournament as they take on Georgia State, who is the number five seed out of the East in the first round. Uh, coming up on Thursday at 2.30 from Foley, Alabama. And it'll be on uh, ESPN Plus as well. So, uh, some postseason honors coming out for A-State Volleyball here about uh, 15 minutes or so ago. So that's uh, good to see. All right, it was uh, it was a crazy night in terms of basketball last night. And it was crazy in college basketball because there were a couple of upsets. And we'll get into those. But the number one thing that was crazy is last night, I don't know, I guess about 9, 9.30, somewhere around there, um, uh, all the like NBA people were were tweeting out stuff about the Los Angeles Lakers and the Los Angeles Clippers and Staples Center. And Staples Center is getting a new name. It's called Crypto dot com Arena now, beginning so, on Christmas Day. So dumb. It all right. So here's the thing with that. It makes is me so mad. That like. Honestly, the Staples Center is one of those deals where you just forget that it's even sponsored by someone because it just it's just the name of that arena. Right. It's like the FedEx Forum where you don't even think about the fact that it is the FedEx Forum. Not, not even that. Like I would say it's like giving Wrigley Field a new name. It's the Yeah, no, I see what you're saying. It's yeah. the it's the now uh Target Wrigley Field or something. Like it no. It's historic. It's, it's I just I don't get it. And also I, I tweeted this yesterday when i found it out is it's just it's just kind of hilarious that of course it's in los angeles yeah in which the, is the king of 
NFTs, build it and, down, and, and crypto, and, yeah. and all this garbage <laughs> that's coming out right but now. But the crazy thing about it was, though, is that Staples had signed like a lifetime contract to be the name of the arena, and then apparently this Crypto.com came in and made this made the largest uh, naming rights deal to an arena in the history of professional sports. And the Lakers were just like, yeah, sure, we'll take the money. Which, to an extent, I get. But also, at the same time, it's one of those deals where it's like... I, well, it's... It, it is um, it is kind of like... I would compare it like this in Jonesboro, which I don't think it's as bad now. But initially, when it first happened, when you changed Stadium Boulevard to Red Wolf Boulevard, everyone still called it Stadium. Because that's what it has been, what it has been forever. Now, it, I think more people call it Red Wolf. But... That's like I'm never calling this crypto.com arena. It's going to be Staples Center. Yeah, I don't, I don't I mean, care what your signage says. So here's here's what I'll say. So I I knew it was going to happen eventually because crypto is kind of a little bit of the future, kind of sort of not really, but um, it is just kind of annoying that it's all happening on the on the cusp of all this other financial madness in yes. terms of because crypto in itself. I won't get into it because it's boring, but it is important and it makes sense when you look into it but people are abusing it and that's the problem that everyone's having so yeah. that's so why that's, it has a uh, bad connotation yeah but. it's very interesting that uh, they're changing the name to uh to staples center but anyways all right uh college basketball last night some some surprising results um uh, and really and truthfully it, it looked like a night that just whatever it was gonna be a bunch of blowouts who cares uh seat hall goes on the road at michigan and gets a two-point win 67 to 65 uh, which Michigan was a, a number four team in the country. Uh, and, and so that's very, very interesting uh, to, to see that. Obviously, the Big East is going to be pretty good this year because they're, they're, they're loaded from, from top to bottom. And then the other interesting result is Oregon was a top 12 team in the country, and BYU just absolutely demolished them last night. It was 81 <laughs> uh, to 49, the, uh, the final score in that game. Um, BYU is that team that always just is sneaky. They're, yeah, they're and so good. they're solid. That was uh, that was a very surprising, not surprising that BYU won the game, but it was surprising at how bad they won the game last night. So, in, in terms of Sun Belt games, there was actually a really interesting Sun Belt game last night. Uh, South Alabama went on the road at Alabama and nearly, nearly pulled off the upset. They lost. Uh, they lost 73-68 to, to 68 in that one. They actually had the lead. They were up 34-31 at the half. And then uh, I think Bama went on a little bit of a run to uh, to close the game. And South Al wound up losing 73-68. to to, to 68. It was – Bama got up by as much as I think maybe 10 at one point uh, close to the end of the game. And then South Al was able to uh, – to claw back and, and make it a five-point game as the final. But that was a very interesting uh, result from a South Alabama team that is one and two and just came off a loss to to Wichita on the road. So that was um, kind of a surprising uh, result, especially given the fact that South Al was on the road in uh, in Tuscaloosa last night. So it's a it's it's an interesting I mean we're what are we like a week two weeks into college basketball and it's already pretty interesting (laughs) yeah we've already seen it we've already seen a slew of of upsets and then you know you go from it on the flip side where Abilene Christian goes on the road and upsets UT Arlington last night uh 80 to 71 
in overtime. And then Troy has to go to three overtimes to knock off uh, Jacksonville State. And then Georgia State gets beat by Richmond's 94-78 to last night. So it the, the Sunbelt scoreboard in college basketball last night was wild uh, across the board. So it I just think college basketball, I just um, – We've got some we've got some good good games on Saturday. Yeah, I, I don't think that there is one and again, it's it's November seventeenth. It's it's hard to say this with any degree of certainty right now, but I don't know that there is one just like dominant team this year in college basketball, and so I feel like you're just you're left with the, a, a lot of good teams that aren't great and then I think it we're going to it's going to create mass chaos. I think we're going to see a dominant team, but I think it's just going to take some time. It's not like previous years where right out the gate we've had the Gonzagas, the UNC's, the Duke, right. where it's pretty obvious who the top 5 is. Cuz right now I I couldn't tell you who is going to stay in the top 5 in a month. I mean, it's fluctuating a lot. Texas is 8 and they look good, but there's part of me that knows they're going to lose yeah. some key games yeah. cuz it's Texas, but yeah, I'll, it'll be interesting to follow along at a lot of these uh, tournaments over uh, over next week, Thanksgiving week, uh, because that's when you really start to get into the real true test, because the yeah. first two weeks of the season, nobody really plays anybody in college basketball. So. And that's when they play opponents they're not used to. Correct. Because, like, Tennessee plays Villanova. Like, yeah. There's just all these random games. That Which you is cool. Expect. Yeah, and, it's great. And at random venues. Like, uh, what's the, what's the uh, college basketball tournament that's played in, like, a ballroom? Oh, Bahamas. Yeah, the Yeah, Battle the, for the Bahamas. The Bad Boy Motors Battle for Bahamas. Yeah. That's played in the ballroom with like I've been 600 there, people. Been there multiple times and it sucks. <laughs> oh, really? You've been to the I've been Battle twice. For Bahamas, I've been okay. twice. So it was I mean, I'm sure the scenery is nice, the the uh the oh, basketball yeah. I mean, the basketball <laughs> arena or whatever it's wh- well, whatever here, you want to refer to it as. Here's it's the not. problem. So, I went with Memphis and um I went two years in a, or two like years removed, but um, Wichita State was there, and it was when they were pretty good. And they were – them and every sh- three-point shooting team was having problems because the ceiling is so low that the ball would hit the ceiling <laughs> and it wouldn't hit the basket. Or it would hit, like, the little rafters that hold the the roof yeah. up. And and they wouldn't do any – they wouldn't, like, give you the ball back. They would just keep playing. It was it was a huge problem. <laughs> so That's uh... – that's Very the bad. that's the fun about Thanksgiving <laughs> Thanksgiving college basketball tournaments. Uh, all right, so high school gym. <laughs> more more college football, more college basketball uh, tonight. We'll go over that uh, a little bit in the final segment of the show today. Also, I, I think it was announced yesterday. I don't know if we ever fully got to it on the show yesterday, but both of A State football's final two games of the regular season will be at one o'clock this week on the road at Georgia State at one o'clock, and then next week. Uh, the Saturday after Thanksgiving, 1 o'clock, uh, against Texas State to close out the season as a whole. So uh, that is the remaining schedule for, for A-State football, um, and we'll um, we'll kind of go over some, some stuff with uh, Philip Butterfield about A-State football coming up here in a few moments. We'll step aside, take a timeout, come back, and uh, chat with Philip when we come back after this timeout here on The Ticket.
Kara's icing down. Bobo's in the pen. But Kate and Andrew are dealing. The setup continues right after this on The Ticket. Tickets for the annual Grand Classic are on sale now at DNW Outdoors, Jonesboro Cycle and ATV, and online at DuckClassic.com. Duck Classic is a charity duck hunting competition benefiting the NEA Baptist Charitable Foundation. Ask how you could win great prizes like a 2021 Polaris Ranger 1000 Premium from Jonesboro Cycle and ATV, a $15,000 shopping spree to gamble home, and the duck truck, courtesy of Glenn Shane, completely camoed up and tricked out by DW Automotive with over $14,000 in accessories. Tickets are only $100 are on sale now at DW Outdoors, Jonesboro Cycle and ATV, and online at DuckClassic.com. The 19th Annual Duck Classic, presented by NEA Baptist, DW Outdoors, Bandit Avery, Yeti, KAIT, Arkansas Health and Wellness, Drake, Gamble Home, Glenn Sane, Andy's Frozen Custard, Arkansas Blue Cross Blue Shield, Harvest Bank, Bayou DeVue, Elite Home Health, Elite Hospice, Hag Brown, NYIT, Ramson's Construction, Refuge Duck Calls, Sissy's Log Cabin, Sitka, Valley View Agri, Vineyard Outdoor, and East Arkansas Broadcasters. Central Toyota is Central Satisfaction. What is Central Satisfaction? Making sure you get the best deal on your next vehicle and award-winning customer service after you buy. Central Toyota has new 2022 models arriving daily, but they're selling quickly. Come in and reserve yours today. Central also has a great selection of certified pre-owned vehicles to choose from. Central Toyota is Central Satisfaction. 3305 Stadium Boulevard and online at centraltoyota.com. Play it again. Sports wants to pay you money. Now that I have your attention. Play it again. Sports in Jonesboro wants to buy your used sports equipment. You heard me right. If you have something that's either outgrown or no longer being used, bring it to Play it again. Sports now. They're looking for youth and adult baseball and softball equipment, golf, weights and workout equipment, disc golf, you name it. Play it again. Sports can turn it into cash for you. Go buy Play it again. Sports at the corner of Highland and Caraway in Jonesboro. After 19 years, Nebo Auto Center is moving. That's right. Northeast Arkansas's original new car alternative has a brand new location. Just a quarter mile south of the old one at 3910 Stadium Boulevard. Nebo is your home to late model, low mileage cars, trucks, and SUVs that fit almost any budget. So visit NeboAuto.com and head to their new location at 3910 Stadium Boulevard, a half mile south of the bypass, and look for the red roof at Nebo Auto Center. We go Nebo. This is Davey Carter with Centennial Bank. At Centennial, we're proud of our long-standing relationship with Arkansas State University. Whether it's opening up a new account at our on-campus banking center, we're cheering with you at Centennial Bank Stadium. And we're embracing our newest Red Wolf leaders as well, including our hard-charging football coach, Butch Jones, and our new athletic director, Tom Bowen. At Centennial, our promise is to always be here for you. We're building legacies, one Red Wolf at a time. Centennial Bank, member FDIC. It's the quickest hour in sports talk. That was fast. Now back to the setup on the ticket. All right, welcome back here on the setup. Kate Carlton, Andrew Bowen with you here on the ticket 95.3 and 96.9, the ticket. Uh, we're a few days away from A-State playing their second-to-last regular season game of the year as football team goes on the road to take on Georgia State on Saturday from Atlanta, Georgia. And we're halfway home on a Wednesday edition of the show, which means it's now time to go to the Ritter Communications Hotline and catch up with Philip Butterfield, the color analyst for A-State football over the EAB Red Wolves Sports Network. Philip, how are you this afternoon? Hey, Kate, doing wonderful. How about yourself? 
Doing good. Good to uh, good to catch up with you as always, um, and really good to catch up with you following a win. It's been feels like years since we've uh, been able to say that, but that's that's exactly what it was for A State on Saturday on the road at ULM. It was a win. So, well, how good was it for this team and everyone kind of involved with this team to get a win on Saturday? Yeah, and I think you could hear in, in Coach Jones, <coughs> Coach Jones' interview. After the game, he was very emotional. It's been a long time, uh, obviously, since we won a game. But to have the showing that we had and playing that complimentary football, uh, offense, defense, special teams, all had great moments during the game. And so I think it was it was really good just for us, I think the players, the coaches, and the fan base just to get that dub. Yeah, and uh, I, I don't know. It kind of puts you in a scenario this year where you you no longer take winning for granted because it was it was so long in between wins. You you kind of savor and appreciate each and every win now. No, no, spot on. Uh, I agree completely. And if you look at what ULM represents, that they've obviously have a, um, a brand new coaching staff and a lot of new players. They were four and one at home before they played us uh, this yep. past weekend, so it wasn't an easy game. Um, so I think it was just a great match uh, by, by the A-State football team, and I think we got a lot of confidence from it. Well, uh, we'll, we'll kind of dive into the game a little bit. Uh, it, you know, I think it says a lot about just the the resolve and the character of this A-State football team. Uh, you know, you're 1-8. Uh, you go down on the road 21-10. to 10, You know, might be most teams' MO to just kind of lay down and quit at that point, but you're down 21 to 10. You come back and win the game 27 to 24, and you know that that says a lot about this football team and kind of the culture that's uh, being built with it. Uh, and, and if you kind of think about where ULM was, they were four and five before that game. They yeah. had a possibility of, of getting bowl eligible, and in our position, we we don't have that opportunity. So so what are we playing for? And so I think a lot of the guys, uh, like you said, it was very impressive that we came out, we faced some adversity in the game, and, and even though we got behind a little bit, we fought it out. And, and so I think that was really impressive to see. Uh, what do you? What did you kind of see? You're down 21 to 10. You come back and win 27 to 24. What was what was working for A State in that stretch? Well, and uh, I think we went with JoJo uh, as the player of the game. Yeah, and uh, I think overall the defense played. Lights out, except for two two plays, <laughs> two, two big running plays. Um, if you look at the total yardage, five thirty eight to three seventy two, our passing game really carried us through with over four hundred and forty yards. But if, if you look at the run game, uh, Lincoln uh, had a really strong game as well. Um, he was turning it out, and that that helped us balance uh, have a balanced attack throughout the offense. So I think um, overall we played really well. Um, and then you can't even forget about groupies' uh, consistency in the kicking game and having that game winner. Yeah. Uh, you know, another guy that threw a couple of picks early on but really kind of settled down after that, uh, played really well, was Lane Hatcher, accounted for over 440 yards, threw for a couple of touchdowns, and really after a little bit of a shaky start, had probably his best performance of the season. Yeah, and especially after the last couple games before that of, of throwing a, a few interceptions in each of those outings, uh, that, that's something you got to put in the rearview mirror. And then to have on the first drive, um, well, we threw the interception, and it, it bounced off of uh, T. Hunt's chest, I believe. And he was standing in the sun, and I think he came off the sideline and said he couldn't see the ball. So we can't put that on, on Lane. But, but then he, he had that one interception, and it was a little bit uh, just late 
on the throw, but I think for, for him to, sh- to show that resilience, to show that, that trust in his offensive line um, was really impressive. And that's, that's another key storyline, uh, how the, the line of scrimmage was won yeah. um, uh, by our defensive line and offensive line. Yeah, you mentioned the line of scrimmage, and obviously that was something that the defense did really well all day. Uh, you know, holding ULM to around five yards per play, somewhere around there. But one of the better defensive performances of the season, holding ULM to twenty-four. What all did A State do well defensively in this win? We got a lot of rush. Um, now they were kind of going back and forth on on who they wanted to be the starting quarterback, Chandler Rogers, who, who we kind of thought might be more dangerous just because of his legs. Uh, only got a few series in the game. They went with Rhett Rodriguez, who was coming off uh, the, the kind of bouncing back from the the rib injury, sorry, the collapsed lung injury from uh, about six or seven weeks ago. But if you look at what our defensive line did, really starting out um, and getting that pressure early on, JoJo three and a half tackles for loss. He had John Mincy with two uh, tackles for or tackles for loss. Uh, Caleb Bonner, Jaden Harris, everybody getting in there. Um, it, it was a just a great team effort. I think everybody played well. Uh, we did have a couple busted plays, but I think on the defensive side, uh, we've absolutely seen some improvement over the past few weeks. Yeah, I mean, it, you know, it was a situation where you, you're probably led in tackling by safeties at the 1st of October, which you never want to be led in tackles by, by, by your safeties. But, you know, a lot of the defensive guys got on the tackle board, got on the tackles for loss board on Saturday, led by Azugu, and then – you know, Mincy was right there. And so, I mean, I think you've seen much improved play out of your defensive line over the course of the last couple of weeks. Uh, and, and to kind of, kind of think about the interior defensive line, the, the injuries that we've seen there and have a lot of those guys step up um, is even more impressive. Mincy's been a guy that transferred from, from Tennessee, and we didn't see him as much early on in the year, but he's definitely come on. Had five, uh, Sorry, had five total tackles, two tackles for loss, had a half sack. I had one QB hurry. I mean, that was that was an impressive game for him. And, and I think Coach Jones talked a bit about him after the game and just kind of talking about how that complements what JoJo and, and Kavon do on the outside for that defensive line. Well, it was, uh, as we're talking with Philip Butterfield of the EAB Red Wolves Sports Network, it was a it was a big win for A-State for, for a lot of reasons. But, uh, you know, Butch Jones has talked about it all throughout the course of the year, uh, you know, seeing this team improve, even though it's not showing up in the win column. But to finally get one to show up in the win column, obviously there's two more games to go, but how much does that kind of help A-State build, not only to close this season, but get into the start of next season as well? Yeah, and, and I think that you have to consider, like what we talked about last week, we were one and eight. What are you playing for? Um, and, and so the same story right now. We don't have a chance to be bowl eligible. You know, this isn't the last home game. We're going to Atlanta to a Georgia State team that has much improved over the past few years, um, and they have a chance to be bowl eligible this week. And they, they've obviously seen some, some really good wins so far this year. Um, uh, that they've got some, uh, I guess, some philosophy items that could cause us uh, some struggles. Uh, but I think overall, I think what we're going to be having from the, the A-State team is we're going to have some excitement. We just came off a big win, and we have some confidence. So I'm excited to see uh, what, what they're going to do. It's Georgia State this week. Uh, like you mentioned, they are playing for a chance to secure a trip to a bowl game. What do you kind of see out of uh, this Georgia State team? 
Yeah, well, offensively, that they like to run the ball. They know what their uh, bread and butter is. They get into 11 personnel 85% of the time, which means three wide receivers, one tight end, one running back. And overall, throughout all their plays, they're about uh, three-fourths of the time they're running the ball. Now, they do have a dual-threat quarterback. Um, uh, his name is Granger. Um, now, they did have, I think it was Shad Brown, um, Cornelius Brown, that was the, the starting quarterback yeah. for him last year. But uh, Granger, uh, last week, was named the Sunbelt Offensive Player of the Week against Coastal, had a big game. I mean, he's pretty efficient in the past game, 14 touchdowns, three picks, 60% completion percentage, but he also can run the ball. They've got two really good running backs um, on the offensive side. But then if you look at where they start at, and we've been talking about this all year, the most successful teams have really good offensive lines, and that's where they start. And so all five of their guys up front are returning starters from last year. They have a combined 185 career starts. They're a little wow. bit undersized just because they're, they're very athletic, uh, relatively. Um, defensively, uh, they, they do a good job of, of disguising some different things in their coverages. Um, but if you look at what they rank from a pass defense perspective, and that's what we kind of key in on for the A-State offense, but the, the Georgia State pass defense, they give up uh, right at around two, 255 yards per game, which is 103rd in the country. So, that may be something that we, we try to attack. Uh, obviously, we know what our bread and butter is, so I, I wouldn't be surprised to see uh, see that scoreboard lighten up. All right, last thing here. What does uh, what does A-State have to do to go on the road and uh, get a win on Saturday? Yeah, I think taking that same confidence that we had at ULM. I mean, this is another road game, and it's not an easy opponent. They're playing for bowl eligibility, so they're not going to take us lightly. And even though we have the record that we have, um, they're going to come out and, and do the best they can uh, to try to get a win. They're not going to be overlooking us. So I think from our perspective, if you look at the keys to the game, it comes down to what we had um, in this past week, winning the line of scrimmage, protecting the football, and playing complimentary football, uh, having all offense, defense, special teams working in tandem and working to get that W. Philip, as always, appreciate the time. Always good to catch up with you. Uh, look forward to hearing you on the call on Saturday, and uh, we'll catch you up next Wednesday. Sounds good. Thanks, Jaden. All right, appreciate it. That's Philip Butterfield with us on the Ritter Communications Hotline, the color analyst for A-State football over in the EAB Red Bull Sports Network from Learfield. Uh, A-State will be on the road at Georgia State on Saturday, 1 o'clock from Atlanta. Pre-game coverage uh, starts up with Wolf House at uh, 1030 followed by coverage from the stadium uh, at 11. So uh, bring your earplugs for the inevitable train whistles and tune in to A-State football on Saturday over on K-5. We'll step aside, come back, close out the show after this time out here on The Ticket. Our advice? Just take the over. More of the setup is coming up next on The Ticket. Good afternoon. I'm Kate Morgan of First Cotton Woods, and it's time to take a look at your EAB market countdown. December corn at 575 and a quarter, up four and a quarter. March up four at 581 and a half. January soybeans at 1277, up 25 and three quarters. March up 25 at 1288 and a quarter. December wheat at 822 and a quarter, up 12. March up 13 at 833. December cotton at 119. 70 up 172.
2, March up 179 at 116.92. And January rice at 1437, up 19, March up 17 at 1455. In the livestock complex, December live cattle at 132.23, up 50. February up 30 at 136.40. November feeder cattle at 156.08, up 43. January down 35 at 158.93. And December lean hogs at 76.18, down 155. February down 23 at 83.15. That's your market countdown brought to you by Pico Foods. Now buying corn and Milo direct from locals farmers bins in Arkansas, Missouri, Alabama, and Mississippi. Attention farmers, Pico Foods wants you to know how much they appreciate your business and that they are ready to buy your stored corn and Milo. Pico Foods purchases year-round and always at competitive prices. The eighth largest poultry producer in the U.S. and fourth generation family-owned business. Pico Foods believes in supporting local producers so they buy corn and Milo from farmers bins at competitive prices year-round. Call today in Arkansas and Missouri, David Durham or James Chester at 870-202-7101. In Alabama and Mississippi, contact Craig Bird or John Taylor Hickman at 601-670-9383. Bad theater seats, cheap Halloween masks, my apartment, all things with obstructed views. Add to these large trucks and buses. 18-wheelers and large buses have big blind spots, and like my apartment, they don't always have the best view. Bus and truck drivers deal with blind spots around the entire vehicle. Always take care not to ride alongside or too close behind them. Our roads, our safety. Learn more at sharetheroadsafely.gov. Hey farmers, WT Equipment in Jonesboro and Pocahontas is open and ready to equip the farmers of Northeast Arkansas. Having a hard time locating available equipment prior to year's end? Do you need to upgrade your tractors, combines, or sprayer to be prepared for the 22 crop year? At WT Equipment, we have both new and pre-owned New Holland T9, T8, T7, and T6 tractors available for sale now, ranging from 125 to 620 horsepower. Both new and pre-owned New Holland CR combines also available now. New Holland SP model sprayers ready to roll now be prepared for the 22 crop year come see us at wt equipment in jonesboro or pocahontas to speak with our sales department in jonesboro call 870-972-5522 that's 870-972-5522 for pocahontas call 870-892-5254 that's 870-892-5254 or visit our website at wtequip.com wt equipment let's get it done Timeout's over, and we're going to a full-court press. Now let's get back to the setup on the ticket. All right, welcome back here on the setup. Kate Carlton, Andrew Bowen with you here on The Ticket, 95.3 and 96.9 FM, The Ticket. All right, so we'll uh, we'll get a chance tomorrow. We'll, uh, we'll catch up with Mitchell Gladstone of the Arkansas Democrat Gazette. We'll also have our weekly visit with Lang Whitman, the Railbird, uh, on Friday. But also tomorrow, we're going to get a chance to chat with Coach Mike Neighbors, the coach, uh, the uh, women's basketball coach over at the University of Arkansas. He's going to join us at the top of the show tomorrow. So um, we'll spend a lot of time tomorrow kind of looking at Arkansas and what they're going to bring to First National Bank Arena in that matchup uh, on Friday night. Then we'll spend a lot of time Friday talking about A State and the history with the Arkansas series and 
and all that. So we're going to spend a lot of time talking about A-State and Arkansas over the course of the next uh, couple of days on the program, which means we're not going to spend quite as much time talking about A-State and Georgia State this week in football. So we usually do some previews and kind of go over the opponent uh, that A-State football will have for the upcoming weekend, and so we're just going to kind of condense that all into to one segment today and get a look at uh, Georgia State that way. So, like Philip just mentioned, which, by the way, if you missed any of that, you can find it online at 95.3 uh, or soundcloud.com slash 95.3 the ticket or wherever you get podcasts by searching for the setup. Uh, like Philip mentioned, though, in our in our previous chat, Georgia State is is playing for a bowl game. They're currently at 5-5 five and five on the year. They have A-State and Troy left, and so just obviously just need one win uh, to get to a bowl game for Georgia State. And they're coming off of their most impressive win of the season. Uh, and really, truthfully, it's not even close. Their, uh, their most impressive win of the season as last week they defeated Coastal Carolina. Now, take that with a little bit of a grain of salt because Grayson McCall, who obviously is the – Starting quarterback for for Coastal was out last week. Did not play. Uh, matter of fact, like of course you know you don't get the full injury report from any coach in college football ever. But uh, I, I think the initial reports were maybe that uh, Coastal didn't know if he would be back at all this season, and so they're going with Bryce Carpenter, the uh, the backup quarterback who like wasn't terrible last week, but is obviously not. Grayson McCall. Uh, he threw a pick, still threw for 233 yards. Coastal still scored, but Georgia State uh, was able to come away victorious in the game. And it it is kind of uh, it is kind of funny that they were able to come away victorious because like they weren't just super impressive offensively. I mean they they had uh, I think 370 total yards of offense, which I mean is good, but it's not just otherworldly impressive offensively uh, and they're still able to come away with the victory over uh, over over coastal Carolina uh, one of the things noticed is that they they ate up a lot of yards on their on most of their on most of their scoring drives their three of their first four scoring drives they had 75 yard uh, scoring possessions and then and they had a 75-yard touchdown drive in the first or in the fourth quarter of play. Then they had two more that were uh, ten or fewer yards. So, really, were able to march down the field whenever they did score the ball on Coastal last week uh, and win 42 to 40. So, obviously, a lot of positives take away from that game for for Georgia State. And it just so happens that they're playing the best football of the season uh, right now. So they won four of their last five games entering play today uh a team that to start the year got annihilated by army got annihilated by north carolina uh went on the road and nearly beat auburn and then lost by 10 and then in the sunbelt conference opener got destroyed by app state their only win uh after that first week in october against app state was a 20 to 9 win over charlotte that looked less than impressive and then what do they do they go on the road at ULM win convincingly they win against Texas State they go on the road at Georgia Southern win convincingly 
They go on the road to Lafayette, lose by four, and then beat Coastal Carolina on the road in Conway, South Carolina last week. So four of their last five, they won. The only loss coming to to the Cajuns, so they're playing their best ball of the season. Uh, Philip mentioned in our conversation that they, they have a quarterback that has completed 60% of his passes on the year in, in Darren Granger. Uh, he, he's also thrown for over 1,200 yards and has – 14 touchdowns to three interceptions. So Georgia State's not really throwing the ball a whole lot, but when they do, they're they're pretty accurate uh, and are able to get a few yards uh, whenever they do throw the football. But a team that is is very good um, in terms of rushing the football. Uh, they're averaging almost five yards per rush, which is pretty good. So basically every time they hand it off uh, – in two plays, they're getting a first down, basically. Yeah, that's great. By uh, by how many yards they're averaging. They have two running backs who have accounted for 500 or more yards on the season. And so it's going to be interesting to see what what this A-State defense can do, right? Because they're coming off their best performance of the season, and they really made ULM uncomfortable all day. They got pressure. They made the quarterback uncomfortable. Uh, you know, ULM's top running back had a good day rushing the football, but – there were a lot of times where they were able to get into the backfield and make ULM uncomfortable and kind of put them behind the chains. And again, we the last two three weeks we've seen improved play from from this defensive line. Uh, you've seen a guy like uh, you know JoJo Azugu and John Mincy. Both of those guys have really stepped up in the last few weeks to make some big plays on that defensive line. So that to me is going to be the most interesting storyline. How does a state contain Georgia State's running ability on on Saturday so hopefully um, continue to get good pressure and then limit big plays in the run game yeah I mean it's not going to be easy this Georgia State team is a lot better than a lot of people give it credit give the team credit for Um, yeah and like you said they're playing for a bowl game so it means a lot more to them in this game you know yeah, uh, the good thing, though, for A-State is Georgia State's giving up almost 32 points per game, and they're uh, giving up about uh, 100 or 250 passing yards per game. So you would think A-State will have a ton of opportunities offensively. Obviously, uh want to see A-State avoid turnovers, but uh, that will be the big storyline offensively. Can A-State avoid turnovers? Uh, because that's been something that's hampered them in, in the passing game. All right, so we'll – We'll kind of dive more into this on Friday. We'll do our we'll do our five or six questions and and talk more about A State Georgia State on Friday. But uh, tomorrow is going to be such a such a basketball heavy show in terms of our content talking about uh, A State Arkansas. I wanted to make sure we got in at least a, a little bit of a preview and had time to uh, to talk about A State and Georgia State coming up on Friday or coming up on Saturday. Excuse me from the Atlanta Georgia and the old Turner Field, home, former home of the Atlanta Braves. So there's that. All right, uh, tonight, I don't really know if there's a whole lot of interesting. I, I mean, I guess you have Maction. I told myself I was going to watch last night, and I, I didn't get around to watching. I didn't either. Uh, I guess Eastern Michigan and Western Michigan was a good game. I don't know. I didn't, I really didn't get around to watching. I missed, uh, I missed out on Maction and honestly ruined my whole week. Yeah, I can't live without Maxion. Uh, tonight we do get more Maxion. Northern Illinois at Buffalo at uh, six o'clock on ESPN two, and then it's Central God. Michigan at Ball State six o'clock on uh, ESPNU tonight. So, good old Ball State. Yeah, good uh, good old Maxion. Um, 
okay, so the college basketball schedule tonight is meh, whatever. There's uh, really not just a ton of I, – I think I am going to watch a little bit of Arkansas and Northern Iowa because while Northern Iowa is not particularly good uh, – You want to check out Arkansas. Huh? Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah I want to check out Arkansas. I, mean, I, I really and truthfully haven't got a chance to sit down and, and, and watch them at all this year. So um, I, I do kind of want to check out Arkansas a little bit. Uh, and, you know, I mean, it's not just a great night. St. John's does go to Indiana at 8 o'clock on FS1, Ooh, so that's interesting. That is interesting. Um, and then Michigan State's at Butler, which, I mean, Butler's not very good, but, I mean, it's... You, you never know. know. I yeah. don't know. I mean, Michigan lost to Seton Hall. Yeah, and so. then you have uh, NC State and Oklahoma State um, tonight as as well. Uh, obviously, both of those teams aren't as good as they were last year. But here's the thing I've noticed in men's college basketball this year that I am a big fan of. Um. And I've noticed it, it's gone on a lot this week. Uh, as a matter of fact, there's there's two or three of these games today. Uh, I know for sure there was a couple on Tuesday. And then uh, tomorrow as well, you have a couple uh, of these type of games as well. But So what we've seen for years in the women's game is that teams will schedule an annual game that starts in the afternoon, midweek, um, I don't know, sometime usually between 11 and 1 o'clock. Uh, and they'll dub it the Kids Day game. And they'll get a ton of kids from different local high school or different local schools throughout the area to come out. A-State's already done it with the Central Baptist game. Oklahoma did it with A-State uh, on Friday in women's basketball. So you've seen it all throughout women's basketball over the course of the last five to seven years. And now it, the men's game is kind of following suit in that. Um, you, you're starting to see some of these Kids Day game like Baylor had one last week, which it makes a lot of sense, right? If mm-hmm. you're going to schedule like a team that no one's ever heard of, you put it at seven o'clock at night, you're getting no attendance. But you do it at eleven, twelve o'clock, and invite local schools out. It's a rocket atmosphere. <laughs> so I'm all, true, I'm all for it. I'm all for it. I'm glad yeah. it's. I'm glad it's made its way into the men's game. So Definitely. that should be that should be an annual tradition for every school men's and women's basketball because it is it is actually a pretty cool atmosphere. All right, the drive with Brad Bobo is next from 3 to 6. Tomorrow morning, 7 to 10, it's Fort Worth Budge Row. Uh, 10 to 12, Red Wolf Roll Call tomorrow. And then 12 to 2, the Workday Red Zone. Get you back to us from 2 to 3. For Andrew, I'm Cade. So long. Have a great Wednesday. We'll talk to you tomorrow. to get one free during the huge hunt fest sale going on at the manliest store in Jonesboro.